Welcome to Tech on Deck podcast brought to you by Fidelity Investments. I'm your host, Maureen Olajars, Domain Leader, Software Engineering, and Adam Ely, Chief Information Security Officer. Each episode takes listeners inside the walls of a fintech industry. Anything from cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, cloud and crypto, to the intersection of product and technology. Tech on Deck breaks down the topics top of mind for technologists today. Plus, we'll give you insight into the exciting and challenging careers in fintech. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of Tech on Deck. Today, we're with Jessica Liberi, the head of platform technology, and Mike Zangari, the CIO and head of brokerage technology. So both Jess and Mike are passionate about working in technology and innovation. But before we get to that, I'm going to go a little off script because today we are recording from our Jersey City office. If you're a frequent listener, you normally hear us recording from Boston. But today we're in our home office in Jersey City where a couple of us are based. So I'm going to ask you all the first question, which is the first question I was ever asked when I showed up in this office. What's your favorite sports team in the area? The New York Yankees. I may have to plead the fifth as I'm from Philadelphia, and this oh. could be really dangerous. Oh, see, there we go. So we got a Philly fan <laughs> and a New York fan. We didn't disclose that before we hired you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and of course, surrounded by a bunch of Boston fans yes. uh, in the company. I, I feel the pain. I feel the pain. All right. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I wanted to know that, that question. So Jess, let, let's start with you because uh, I think you've been here, what, about a year and a half or so? Almost a year and a half, yeah. Okay, so just a little bit less than me. I'm finally not the newest person that I talk to. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, can you tell us a little about your, your career journey and what brought you to Fidelity? Why Fidelity for you? Yeah, so um, started in January of 2022. So like you said, about a year and a half. Joined Fidelity from eMoney Advisor. I'd spent the last eight years at eMoney. Um, as head of product. And prior to that, I, I think some of what I, is interesting about my background is prior to joining the product team at eMoney, um, I had spent time at another investment firm in the Philadelphia area in all sorts of roles. So started in operations, moved into relationship management, did a brief stint in sales, then moved into technology as, as a pure business analyst, and then back into products supporting the business that I had initially left in, in sales and relationship management. So um, when people talk about like a patchwork quilt of experiences versus a corporate ladder, I certainly believe in the patchwork quilt of experiences and, and not necessarily climbing, climbing a linear rung to get where you uh, need to be. What brought me to Fidelity is, you know, I kind of seek opportunities for impact and opportunities to solve unique and different problems I've worked with wealth management firms for just about the entirety of my career. It's a great opportunity to do that and lead the team here. So Jess, I'd love to pull on that thread, um, you know, based on how you've moved about in your career and you're now in a product technology role in Fidelity. And I think it would be really interesting to our listeners to be able to have you dive into that a little bit more and share. And any advice you have for people who maybe um, also are thinking about either careers in technology and they're maybe in some adjacent adjacent types of roles and things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I, I shared my very vast and diverse experience. Um, I would say first and foremost, don't be afraid to try something new and unfamiliar. You know, for me, moving into tech 
was very new and unfamiliar. I knew I brought a lot of business expertise, but moving into a technology role was something very different for me. And, and it was a bit uncomfortable at first. So don't be afraid to try something new and different and get, get a little bit uncomfortable. At the same time, bring the best of your experiences to bear in your new role, right? What they appreciated is the deep knowledge that I brought into a technology role about the business, the knowledge of our customers having faced off with them for so many years. So bring the best of yourself into that new role. There's a reason why they're asking you to join those teams. And then uh, last but not least, don't be afraid to ask your silly questions, right? I think we all, when we're in new roles and feel a little bit out of sorts, we, we feel like we have our, I'm using air quotes, our, our dumb questions, and you're trying to find the safe place to ask them. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. But if you're looking for that safe place, I found that like finding a buddy to kind of just be that that person that you can go to with, hey, I was sitting in that meeting. They talked about XYZ. And here at Fidelity, we all know we have our, our number of acronyms that we use. It, it's kind of like learning a code language. Um, I had to ask a lot of questions. Time out. What does that mean? What does that stand for? So just, you know, don't be afraid to ask those silly questions, but find your, your buddy who can be your safe place to do that. Thanks for sharing that. That's really helpful. Thank you. I love that. I love the concept of finding your buddy, somebody you can just talk to and like be able to ask those stupid yeah. questions. Yeah. I ask a lot of stupid questions. So I ask uh, so many questions. Luckily, I have good people <laughs> there. You know, what I found interesting about your background, and I didn't know this before just now, I should probably read notes or look at people's backgrounds on LinkedIn, uh, is that you did a stint in sales, yeah. which I find is very unique for people in technology. Um, I had a very small couple year stint in sales. It's probably one of the most valuable experiences, but also for me, uh, one of the hardest experiences. So I think I had the opposite, go tech to sales. Yeah. Uh, I was very scared of that. Yes. Uh, so that's really, really interesting. Um, similarly, Mike, you know, you've been here about 10 years, I think, or so. Yeah, just celebrated my 10th year. That's awesome. And we have, we have some similar areas in our background coming from uh, big companies, various big companies. Yeah. Tell us a little about, you know, your journey, kind of what brought you to Fidelity and, and after 10 years, what keeps you here? Why? Yeah, so I've had, I think it's about a 28-year career now in financial services. Um, I grew up as a developer um, at uh, the first firm that I'm very fond of, Merrill Lynch, uh, now part of Bank of America. Um, so I spent a little over 15 years at Merrill Lynch in a variety of different uh, technology roles. Um, and then I started my journey to to, uh, to find my forever home, I guess. And uh you know, originally made my way to Fidelity, um, had a short stint with the company. And uh, it was a really, again, a fond stint, but uh, I was doing a little bit too much travel that that, that impacted my ability uh, from a work-life balance perspective with two new daughters um, back then. So I had left and then I, I made my way over to Morgan Stanley, where I spent a few years um, in our client data areas, um, then made my way over to JP Morgan Chase. Um, and then... I was fortunate enough to come back to Fidelity back in 2014. Um, how I made my way back here, uh, you know, relationships matter, as everybody knows. And, uh, you know, Fidelity had hired a number of prior executives from Merrill Lynch who, um, you know, knew where I was and knew that I had a really fond memory of my short stint at the company originally. Um, so introductions happened and I made my way back in uh, in October of 2014. So, um what keeps me here? I mean, again, I, so I've worked at, at, at the three previous firms I mentioned, all publicly traded firms. And, you know, there really is a, a tremendously unique aspect of this company being that we are privately held. And, you know, the employees are the shareholders of the company. Um, and it, uh, 
it really is in our DNA to just make long-term investments for the benefit of our customers, our associates, um, and the vitality of the company as a whole. And you know, we do not react um, when the market reacts, which I think is is really really powerful because. As you know, many of us know that are, that that have been in technology, um, it takes a while to get you know massive change done, and and you know starting and stopping these big projects you know can really lead to exhaustion and, and difficulty. So I just love the fact that it's in our DNA to see things through, to think long term. Um, you know, we do not think in two to five year chunks; we think in terms of five to twenty year chunks, and um, I think there's a, a massively unique aspect of that that I just absolutely love. Mike, that's a rich and diverse background, and I'd love to pull on one of the threads there as you talked about um, innovative technology, the things that you've done in other firms, and as you think about fidelity and you talked about that longer term vision and you know being willing to play in a marketplace until we get strength and 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 pivot as we need to, part of how you talked about it and described it was around innovation. Tell us why, as a financial services firm, you know one of the things that people don't realize when you come to a place like Fidelity is that we're in the business of technology, right? For our clients and our customers, how how do you think about innovation as you work um, as you work and deliver on behalf of your clients' needs? Yeah, so I mean, I think about it in a couple of ways, and just um, you know, the first point you made, Maureen, was you know, yes, we are a financial services company, but. You know, we say it a lot that we really are a technology company that just happens to be in the business of financial services. And um, it's actually the case. Right. And, you know, as the, the, the grayness between business and technology just continues as the technology landscape evolves, you know, we are a platform company and it's all about the technology that we have, um, whether it is to service advisors and investors to help our production businesses and asset management produce new innovative you know, products. It's all about the technology platform to help do all those things. Um, so, you know, we really are, a, a, you know, truly a technology company. Um, I think about innovation, you know, as well as just being in the DNA of this company, right? And I think that is just you know, we just believe in continuously challenging the status quo um, and looking for better ways to do business, better ways to remove friction um, for our customers, for our associates. And, you know, that's both internally and externally as we try to influence, you know, laws, rules, regulations that uh, in many cases just have not kept up with the pace of change in the environment. So, um, again, I think it just starts with our leadership and, you know, it just being in the history of this company to just continuously push to be great and be better. And, you know, we, we do not believe in, you know, the, the words because we've always done it that way. Um, and I just love that aspect of, uh, of our organization. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, somebody who's been here a year and a half-ish, somebody who's been here about 10 years and both sort of talking about kind of getting things done, innovating in technology. I think I'd love to 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 direct this next question to to both of you because because the the thought that's come to my head with both of you sitting here really is about the two of you, and really it's how do your roles intersect? Like how do the two of you work together, and and how do you leverage each other? Maybe Mike, since you're closest, I'll I'll start with you. 
Yeah. So again, I, and I hit on this a little bit earlier, but if you think about Fidelity, you know, we're comprised of a couple of organizations, right? We have our asset management organization that is constantly creating innovative products, right? Whether it be mutual funds, ETFs, alternative investments. Um, and then we have three distribution channels. We have our personal investing business. So that's how we engage with retail investors. We have our workplace investing business, which is interfacing with small to large institutions to service their workplace investing accounts. Um, and then we have our Fidelity Institutional business that Jess could talk a little bit more about it. But those are our three distribution channels. And you know, my role and my organization's role is to build and service a core and common uh, brokerage platform to service all of those distribution channels. So, you know, everything from how do those accounts get opened to how do those accounts get funded? How do you trade in those accounts, move money? How do the assets in those accounts get serviced? That's the core and common brokerage utility that my organization um, is, is accountable for, both running, changing every day. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit later about the journey that we're making to the cloud. So, um, you know, think of brokerage technology as, as a core utility to service, uh, you know, all the, the distribution businesses. Yeah. And I mean, just to kind of pick up where you left off on the distribution businesses, I do sit within Fidelity Institutional, but specifically within the, the unit that focuses on our custody and clearing clients and it's our wealth management services business. Um, so we are working with inter inter intermediary firms, um, so wealth management firms, the advisors, and ultimately supporting the end investors as well. Um, and, and I'll talk a little bit about the developers that are part of those businesses also. That's a, a new persona that we've made a attempt to really more explicitly serve. But when we think about how we work together, a lot of what you had mentioned, like those core workflows, core um, elements of the business that we rely on your team for um, are, are pieces that we're providing to the clients that we serve. So whether it's opening an account, moving money, um, placing a trade, processing trades, um, all of that relies on a deep partnership, Mike, with you and your team. I would say that partnership goes both ways. And, and one of the pieces I'll talk about um, where, where we have dependencies on your team to help us deliver on, on things like opening the accounts and, and all of those other items I just mentioned, um, you're also relying on our teams as key consumers of all of the services that your team builds. And I'm sure, Mike, you'll, you'll touch upon this later, but I, I appreciate how you and your team often break down kind of that life cycle of developing new services as we're looking to modernize our tech stacks and, and modernize our platforms. It's not only about producing the services, the enablement, as you call it, um, but then the adoption, deprecation, decommission, right? All of that needs to follow. I think we're key partners in, in the middle too, which is you're relying on our teams to adopt those new services, but ultimately to move traffic off of legacy services um, and, and deprecating the use of them so that then in turn, your team can move to decommission. So there's there's a partnership going both ways. And, and I think we both rely on each other for so many different aspects of our business. Yeah, and we spend a lot of time together, you know, just working through how to prioritize, you know, the sheer workload, right? Um, you know, in, in doing the three things I hit on earlier, right? You know, keeping this business alive and well every day and innovating on top of it. Um, so, yeah, the partnership is, is, is critical and it's, and it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's so great that we can have both of you here uh, where you two work on things together depend on each other and your success is tied together. And then we can have you both here as guests at the same time. Because I think a lot of our listeners, 
when they hear one person, they don't always know how that fits into the larger company and how, you know, different groups work together. So they're getting a bit of insight. I mean, probably very thin, just a little bit, but they're getting a lot of insight to that. So I think that's amazing. I think too, if I add there, if that helps, I would, I would talk about um, how bringing those, those two groups together, right, to deliver on behalf of clients, right, just supports better outcomes, right, better outcomes overall, and then allows us, you know, back to that initial point around, can you innovate in other areas, right, the more that we can bring things to our core and common platforms and be able to deprecate the things that we no longer need and, you know, follow through on, on those. Um, so if I want to pull on that thread of, um, you know, J Jess, Mike, um, as you think about the landscape today, the emergent needs of wealth management firms, you know, before we dive into more on our actual technology journeys and modernization, um, maybe, maybe Jess, uh, starting with you, how about if you just talk about, are there emerging trends that you see in this business, whether technology, business needs, things of that nature that would be appropriate to share? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's an important question because it, it does all come back to the industry, the customers that we're serving, right? The, the industry we're working in, the customers that we're serving. So it's important that we keep our finger on the pulse of, of what is going on and, and how their needs are changing. Um, interestingly enough, at this point, you know, what we're seeing is not necessarily um requests and needs for additional features and functionality. If you think about the rise of so many fintechs over the course of the last 10 years, the optionality for them to be able to find a solution to just about anything is out there. Um, what I'd say right now, you know, the theme that I would use or the, the words I would use to describe what we're hearing in terms of needs is um, simple elegance, right? Like th they want it to come together in a really streamlined and cohesive way, but you've got to make it really easy because if it's hard for me to get the job that I need to get done done, I'm not going to be coming to your platform to do it. So as I think about, you know, what advisors that we serve, the firms that we serve are dealing with, it comes down to the fact that time is their most precious gift, time to run their businesses, time to be in front of clients. And the more that we can keep that in mind about how we make it easy to open accounts, to move money, to trade, about how we provide them relevant information at the right time to take the right action, um, opportunities to engage their clients with meaningful content. But last but not least, um, as these tech stacks grow more and more complex, as I said, firms are really looking for providers that can bring it all together for them in one cohesive experience. It doesn't necessarily mean it's all coming from you, but that we're, we're thinking about that end-to-end -end workflow, the end-to-end -end experience, and mo most importantly, the, the consistent data that underlies all of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can kind of play off of, of that question too about like what excites me about you know, all the things that, that we are doing. Right. And, you know, again, I, I think about it as, as the ability to have significant impact, um, on, you know, 50 plus million customers, right. That, that rely on us and trust us, um, to protect their assets, um, to make it easy to get access to those assets, to make it easy to get access to new investments. So, you know, I, I think like the most exciting thing to me is, you know, the, the significant investment that, uh, you know, the company is kind of trusting us with, um, you know, making in this platform um, to make sure that we can continue to do those things. Right. And, and you know, it's it's not about 
quote, just parity, right? It's about what do we need to do differently? It's about how do we make it frictionless for our customers? And, you know, my team has the fortunate opportunity to really impact um, these distribution channels um, and how they interact with their customers in a much more digital way. So again, I say it all the time to, to my team, like what we do is, is hard work. Um, you know, there's never a dull moment, but if you want to work, you know, in technology, um, happens to be in financial services and have an impact on what I believe to be the biggest and best brokerage company in the world, then this is the place for you, right? If it's, if it's, uh, if that's not in your DNA and that doesn't excite you, then, you know, probably somewhere else to go work. <laughs> I don't know that we've ever on this podcast ever encouraged people to go work somewhere else. That might, that might've been a first for us, but I, I think that, you would regret inviting <laughs> me to one of these. I think that was a good message. So, you know, we've talked about, you know, Jess, you shared some of your, your big initiatives. We talked about the product. We've talked about what, what people want uh, and what we're really trying to deliver. I want to sort of go one level deeper into the tech if, if, if we can for a moment. You know, Mike, you have a big initiative right now um, and, a, and a lot of work moving uh, components of the brokerage platform over to cloud. I mean, we're on this massive cloud journey. It's no secret um, as, a, as a firm. And there's a lot to be to be done there. You know, it's and it's not just tech for tech's sake, right? It's really to empower these things that we that we talked about, which is I think the key message that we all rally behind. But can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what are you excited about as you design and build, not just for what we need today, but if you're looking out on the horizon, like what's exciting that we're trying to land uh, in technology so that we can realize all these product visions that we have? Yeah. So I mean, again, it's um, if you think about you know, the, the journey we're on, right? We have, you know, the biggest, most complex, I think best brokerage platform in the business, but that's grown up over 40 plus years. And, you know, like anything, you know, you're building incrementally on top of an old house, you know, you know, it's, it's, there's been the, the pace of technology and what, what the technology landscape looks like today versus over the last 40 years is dramatically different. And, you know, just touched upon the need to really expose these brokerage services as APIs and, and, and have a service orientation to our business. So whether it's Jess's business that needs to innovate on top of our platform, our retail business, our workplace investing business, or our institutional clients that want to build their own advisor and, and customer facing um, user experiences, we have to service orient the, the, the platform to make it easy for them to do that. Um, but so that that's really a, a big part of the journey. It's not just a lift and shift for technology's sake. It's around how do we make it easier to innovate? But we're also, you know, again, not just lifting and shifting. We are looking at the business processes and, and trying to identify, you know, how do we make make things easier for our customers, right? How do we unify the customer experience? And if you show up to Fidelity, you know, through multiple channels, we need to make it much easier for you to uh, to interact with Fidelity and, and look at Fidelity as a whole. So I think we're taking the, the, the right strategic approach to this versus just thinking about our journey to the cloud as lifting and shifting what we do today and replacing the technology stack. It's around looking at the business processes. It's around looking at, you know, what is, you know, tends to encumber us today and how do we eliminate that as we rebuild the technology stack. I think the other thing that I would say just like around learning in this space, um, 
you know, when we started this, it was it was like a rush for feature and function. And, um, you know, while that obviously is critical to 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 this journey, the whole aspect of, you know, how do we need to look at resiliency um, in the cloud is just as critical, if not more critical than, you know, getting the features to market at, at, a, at a short time to market. So I think what, what we've learned is, you know, spending the right amount of time early and often in the life cycle and thinking about, how do we observe these technologies in production and you know you know learn about you know challenges in the ecosystem and automatically fail over you know within you know within a data center to different availability zones that investment in resiliency um, is just super super critical and i think we've done a really nice job in balancing feature function resiliency all as you know the the, the all-encompassing um, win for, for us I think of it as like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The very bottom, it's like, keep the platform up and running, make sure it scales to meet the needs of my business, protect my data, keep it safe and secure, and continuously be performant, right? It's it's all of those things that are never going to come out as like the top level needs from a, a customer. But gosh, if you didn't get those right, it doesn't matter what features and functionality you build on top. The rest of the the hierarchy really starts to fall apart without that foundation. I love that you framed it that way. The thought that was going on in my head was talking about resiliency is so important because everything else that we might want to build, like if it's not up, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Where we're exploring AI and how that can help us, where we're looking at all these trends that are going on in the Web3 space, like we can't do any of that if we're not up. We don't have that resiliency. So I love how you how you frame that. It's amazing. I think so. And that builds on the fidelity trust, right? For our customers and our clients, you know, which is one of the things as a firm that we take really seriously. And I hear it, you know, from any one of the people that we talk to in these in these podcasts. All right. So this this question's for for both of you. Um Mike, maybe you can you can start off here. Can you give me an example of a new offering or improved experience that's making a difference for our clients? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, a number of, of examples that I can call out, but um, a few that jump to mind. So one is, you know, easier access to alternative investment products. Um, you know, fractional trading. We've done a lot of work over the last two years in the fractional trading space to not only allow end investors to trade fractional shares or, or dollar-based investing, but now expanding that offering into the ability for investors to set up their own portfolio, right? We call it FIDfolios, um, where you can create your own custom index aligned to your values. Um, so again, like we talked a lot earlier around innovation, like these are just a couple of examples where, you know, we just keep pushing, um, you know, for for ways to give our, our customers access to what they want, right? Or, or access to choice, I guess, is the right way to, to frame it. I'm going to go in a slightly different route, which I'm, I'm saying this coming out of um, two weeks ago, I guess now, our Tech Leaders Forum, which is an event that we hold. We held it down in Westlake, Texas. Um, a couple of weeks ago, where we bring together CIOs and other tech leaders from um, some of our, our clients to share ideas, challenges with one another, but also push into what we're doing to help them kind of continue to evolve their businesses and continue to grow and, and scale. Um, one of the things that we saw a lot of interest and appetite for is what we're doing with Snowflake around using that platform for data exchange. Um, today, many of our clients are, are receiving bulk data from us via transmission files. 
Um, and they're looking for new ways to be able to pull that data in a more, and I'm using air quotes again, real-time fashion. So I, we call it on-demand, right? So it's an on-demand um, dump of data, but we can leverage the Snowflake platform to do that. We're starting a pilot with a number of firms, um, and there's a lot of appetite for us to do more with them there. So we're really excited about what we're doing there, working closely, Maureen, Adam, with, with some of your team members to do that. So, so Mike, maybe we just shift a little bit into, as we talk about careers, right? We've talked, we've had a really rich conversation here around how you're driving the business, you and Jess, how you're, um, how you're innovating, evolving, um, our platforms and technology needs to meet it. Maybe we just get under some of that a little bit, which is how do you think about, you know, the skills, the evolution and needs of that, and maybe just talk a little bit about careers and some of the opportunities, I think, for our audience, that would be a really helpful set of advice. Yeah, I mean, again, so I think, you know, we, we've been really focused on, you know, a balanced approach to, you know, growing our current associate base as we make continuous transition and investment in new technologies, but also, you know, hiring from uh, from the external market to augment uh, our talented, you know, workforce. Um, and again, I think we, we, we continuously assess the balance between doing both of those things and trying to get both of those things right. I think an another thing, and it's kind of aligned to, you know, how do we develop skills internally is we, we continue to make investment um, in our associates, right? And that is, you know, small steps like learning days, right? Where we carve out, you know, an actual day where the, you know, the, the goal of the day is not to show up to meetings. It's not to worry about doing your job and you know, working in the business. It's working on your skills. And those skills can be technology skills. It could be learning about brokerage. It could be learning about, you know, alternative investments in crypto. So I think the investment that we've made, and it's, it's, it's a significant investment in taking out, you know, a, a day of, of, you know, developer productivity, you know, one would think, but it's actually creating more productivity as we allow associates to invest in the skills that they need to be great. You know, I, I spent some of my time searching our internal video platform and our internal learning platforms to learn about some of the tech that y'all are actually running and managing some of the business processes so that I understand when I'm in meetings, what you're actually talking about. Um, I don't know that I'm doing that great of a job we, of learning. We do it. the same with the, with the cybersecurity agenda that you're running. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> See, we're all learning. Don't be afraid to ask your silly questions. I'm oh, fine if you're trying to understand. Right. Oh, I have lots of silly <laughs> questions and I will ask them. You know, I, and I think that's great. And one of the fee and some of the feedback I hear from associates is they they really learn that they really love that those learning days, and that's one of the things that energizes them. But Jess, you're you know you're a year and a half in. What what energizes you about your role here at Fidelity? Such a great question. Well, besides having an opportunity to do podcasts like this with all of you, um, I, I think that there's never a dull moment. In all honesty, I think it's one of the most energizing and also challenging parts of the role, right? We do have a vast number of priorities. There are demands from customers. There's um, tech modernization efforts that we're working through. Um, there's any number of things going on at one time, but 
Working as part of this industry where the needs of customers are evolving so quickly, the needs of the advisory firms who work with us are evolving so quickly, they're looking to us as a key partner, a key business partner of theirs for help addressing some of these challenges and and problems that they have and looking for opportunities for them to learn. Again, back to Snowflake, um, there was a lot of interest there because they were getting started in their own journey there and wanted to know how were we handling our own internal data architecture decisions. Um, So opportunities to learn there. Um, So yeah, I I would just say, because there are so many different paths to go, different technologies, different types of clients that we're serving, different needs and challenges, gosh, there's so many opportunities for people to get involved in so many different ways. and, And that energizes me. I think that's great. And Jess, you know, if we just pull on that and talk about um, the various different roles, uh, you can be on the experience tier, you can be on our APIs and services, you can be in the core platform technology, things of that nature we talked about, right? Operational uh, excellence, resiliency, things of that nature. So what kinds of candidates, you know, and then we think about the product side as well, what kinds of candidates and skills, you know, um, if you just share a little bit, the kinds of profiles you may be looking at or interested in and the the core things that you are, you know, would be interested in for careers. Yeah. So let me let me talk a little bit about the various roles on the team first. And then I, I think high level um, skills, traits that we look for, I, I think I can touch upon pretty quickly as well. The, the world is pretty vast, right? So the, to your point, there, there is product management, there's software development, um, there's systems analysis that happens, QA, deployment of these capabilities. The team is, is pretty vast and varied. Um, so opportunities in various roles, but also, as you mentioned, with various technologies. So whether you're working on the APIs, consuming services, externalizing those services for our clients, or building front-end experiences via Wealthscape, Wealthscape Investor, Integrations Exchange. Uh, There are so many different ways that that we look for talent and get people involved. Um, I I guess at a high level, when I think about criteria and things that I look for when hiring someone new, Mike, you touched on it before. It's it's being willing to challenge the status quo, right? Um, So I often say, you know, what got us here won't get us there. So I want people that are willing to kind of push the envelope, think differently, um, and challenge the ways that things have always been done, because looking for new ways to solve problems is is really critical. Again, we're in a business of problem solving, right? So understand where the challenges exist and help develop solutions for them. So critical thinking is is really key as well. When you have both of those things and have a path forward, um, I, I always say, and you know, we talked about sales roles before. When I worked there, someone had always told me every job is a sales job at the end of the day. So yep. the ability to influence without authority is is, I think, a really critical skill also. Wow, that's really that's really helpful, uh, Mike. I'll start with you first. You know, we we like to in these podcasts have a little bit of fun, just kind of you know bring your personality and everything that goes along with it to life. So, if we ask your team, you know, to talk to us about uh, being a technologist at Fidelity, what three words would we hear the most? How would you talk about that? Yeah, I'd say learning. I'd say challenging, and I would say juggling. Um, so constantly learning, constantly being challenged and constantly juggling, you know, priorities and running, changing. Um, 
So as I said earlier, you know, that that's exciting to me, um, you know, because th as Jess said, and I said it earlier, there's never a dull moment, right? And we're constantly learning and, you know, new things. Okay, great. And um, anything fun, any fun story you'd love to share with our audience? <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I'm happy that you didn't ask about a hobby or something like that, because those are always tough questions for me. Um, I, I always say, you know, for fun. So I think about my time that's not spent working. Um, I have three kids and, and they're all under the age of 12. So, you know, I, I moonlight as taxi driver and cheerleader on the weekends can be seen from any sideline of various sporting events, um, cheering the kids on and, and making sure that they get to and fro. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say Uber driver. Yeah, you're they, they don't pay me. I, I guess I don't. You're right. Why, why taxi? <laughs> yeah, what do I do for fun? Um, yeah. I have two daughters. Do do yeah, I have two daughters that uh, have kept me on my toes for the last, you know, 22 or so years. Um, we spent a lot of time on the beach together. Um, if you don't find me on the beach, you'll find me at a restaurant or, or you'll find me on the golf course. So um, pretty simple right. things. That seems to cover all the bases, I think. We want to thank uh, Jess and uh, Jessica and Mike for joining us here today for this episode. Thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to hearing our audience's feedback. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Adam and Maureen. That was fun. Thank you all. Go yeah, Yankees. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Go Phils. <laughs> thanks for joining us for Tech on Deck. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't yet, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you to our listeners and recording studio and editors who make our episodes possible. To learn more about tech opportunities, head over to tech.fidelitycareers.com. See you next time.